truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are going to be open with our weekly town hall next hour. And boy, do we have a question this week, and it's the, it's the kind of question everybody likes to give their two cents on these, because it has to do with relationship advice. One of our, one of our listeners wants to know, how much is it, how important is it that he and his future bride see eye to eye on the issues? All right, so we're going to talk about that and let you chime in on that coming up in hour number two. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can also email us your thoughts anytime, anywhere. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, who doesn't like us, so I think we've almost given up counting the likes. Maybe we've gained six and so far in 2019. Uh, that's on a very hopeful uh, yeah, side. You know, Lions had one of their uh, cherished moral victories yesterday, so I'm feeling optimistic today. Uh, and then uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. I mentioned our town hall te- topic, relationship advice coming up next hour. Bottom of this hour, we're going to be talking about the scourge and plague that is human trafficking. There's a exhaustive feature out uh, from the New York Times. They apparently decided to take a respite from their normal amount of work to do actual reporting uh, in their Sunday edition for a change. I mean, why not? You know, <laughs> even, even the propaganda gets boring. Uh, and what they found is an alarming glut of child pornography easily, readily available and being shared online, uh, including of the variety that people aren't even aware of, maybe that that's what it is. So we're going to get into the scourge of human trafficking here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get into any of that, Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. Impeachment talk was basically all there was in the political landscape over the weekend. It started with this $10 million ad buy from the Trump campaign targeting Joe Biden. Joe Biden promised Ukraine a billion dollars if they fired the prosecutor investigating his son's company. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Got fired. But when President Trump asks Ukraine to investigate corruption, the Democrats want to impeach him. And their media lapdogs fall in line. They lost the election. Now they want to steal this one. Don't let them. Sean Davis from The Federalist published a bombshell report alleging the intel community changed the requirements for the submission of whistleblower complaints just a few months ago. Critics of Davis's report say there's a little more to the story and to pump the brakes on the narrative that this was all coordinated by the intelligence community, despite the strange timing. New York Times op-ed columnist Paul Krugman says, starting to look like two possible outcomes, Trump and a number of others end up in jail or thousands of journalists end up in prison camps. Nancy Pelosi went on 60 Minutes and said that President Trump actually told her about the now infamous call between himself and Ukraine's president. He told you about the phone call. He told me it was perfect. There was nothing in the call. Uh, But I know what was in the call. I mean, it it was in the public domain. Actor Robert De Niro went on CNN's Reliable Sources on Sunday. Hmm. This guy is should not be president, period. 
And when you say that, folks on Fox come after you. I remember the Tonys when he got up there and cursed. A lot of <laughs> of you. Okay, well, you know, this is cable, Sorry. so it's not an FCC violation, Sorry. but it is still a Sunday morning. NBC's Jake Sherman says Nixon won 49 states and he was impeached. Moving on, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is back out there saying stuff. You would not know that our country is posting record profits because 40 million Americans are living in poverty right now. And if the poverty line was real, if it was at around what some people think it should be, about $38,000 a year, we would be shocked at how much the richest society on the planet is is allowing so much of its people to live in destitute. A new high-quality video of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in blackface resurfaced. Hey, boys. Look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? Barack Obama spoke about his evolution on gender when he was in the White House. And I have to say that even though I, thought I like to think of myself as enlightened and uh, concerned about these issues. Uh, there have been times where I had to uh, get woke, as they say, around certain issues. Um, I, I remember in the White House in our second year, even though we had a lot of women uh, in the administration, what we would find would be that when you had a group meeting, the men were doing all the talking. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is wokeness. It's got electrolytes. Despertar tiene electrolitos. Antifa assembled outside Mohawk College in Ontario, Canada over the weekend when this happened. A new report from the Food and Drug Administration shows thousands of deaths being linked to a puberty-blocking drug used to treat gender dysphoria in children. Lupron, a drug that is primarily used to treat prostate cancer in men and endometriosis in women, has not been approved by the FDA for the purpose of treating gender dysphoria, but it's being prescribed to children anyway without regard for the long-term dangers. University of Rhode Island professor Kyle Kutz writes in his new book, Making American White Men Great Again, that New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady can attribute his fame to a rise in white supremacy. Aaron Calvin, the former Des Moines Register reporter responsible for unearthing old tweets about Iowa legend and beer sign fundraiser guy Carson King, spoke out about his firing from the paper because of his own history of tweeting terrible things, saying, quote, I recognize that I'm not the first person to be doxxed like this. This whole campaign was taken up by right-wing ideologues and largely driven by that force, end quote. And finally, a montage surfaced this weekend of the greatest college football coach in the country, Bob Green of Montana Tech. The key to the win was that your diggers took control early. Kind of like when you get married. That first day, your wife takes control early. And that's what the ore diggers did. Our football team was like the kid that plays second French horn in the school band. We got to play better. Uh, you know, and that's a double-edged sword, you know. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, watching your mother-in-law go off a cliff in a Cadillac. <laughs> you know, you, you got mixed feelings. First of all, they got after it hard. I'm telling you, they were like a hobo on a ham sandwich. They were going hard all the way. He's like that black lab on the first day of pheasant hunting season. He was pulling at the chain. We're kind of like a woodpecker in a petrified forest. You know, just keep busy and look for opportunities. I wanted to raise my kids using a depth chart. 
Can you imagine that? I wanted that. Pam Green vetoed that idea. I got a short memory, just like when I was in the third grade. Two of the best years of my life. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> you know who that reminds me of is uh, old-timers will remember an old Arizona State football coach named Frank Cush. And if, if we had social media, he'd have been some combination of that and Mike Leach back when he coached many, many years ago. And he was one of the things he was famous for is he would try to confuse his youngsters, you know, the first day of fall camp and just to put them just to, you know, see how self-aware and how well they adjusted to uh, unique situations. And so he'd always tell them to line up alphabetically by height just to see how they would react. <laughs> <laughs> line up alphabetically by height. Great stuff. Aaron's montage brought to you by Keeps, who knows that it sucks losing your hair but what you may not know is that the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called dht and there's a possible solution the fda approved two hair treatment products to help control your dht and prevent you from losing your hair it's even triggered hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys that have tried this but until now uh, the products were very expensive required doctor visits in person to obtain well here's the good news uh, keeps is now offering the generic versions of those two approved hair care products so not only are they about 90 percent of effective but now they're totally affordable too and with keeps uh, you can get access to this uh, treatment without ever leaving your couch just answer a few questions snap a few pics of your hair and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you and then it's shipped directly and discreetly to your door you'll even get a special offer if you take advantage of what i'm about to tell you go to keeps.com slash stop Keeps.com slash stop. You'll not only get a free online doctor consult, but if you sign up, your first month of hair treatments will be free. The first month is free at keeps.com slash stop. So let's get to the montage. I, I want to start with this Ukraine story. And I think I'm 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 a, I'm not an unintelligent individual. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I don't you know I don't want to aim too high here, but I, I think I'm not. I'm not unintelligent. All right, better than Hillary better in this than area. Hillary. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I cannot I I can't figure this story out. I I'm lost. I, I I'm just gonna tell you I'm lost. All right. My timeline is filled with Joe Biden went to the Ukraine as well as evidence that he never went to the Ukraine. For That's just one example, okay? My timeline is filled with Crowdfire is a Democrat plant organ, is the fusion GPS of this story, and um, Crowdfire is a complete and total nothing burger. And when I say my timeline is filled, by the way, I am not necessarily talking. Us and our peers squaring off with the Washington Post and CNN. I'm talking like, even from other conservative writers. I mean, in, my, in the last few days, I've watched Eric Erickson debunk several of the counter theories. Now, I'm not, I didn't say successfully debunk. I don't know. But, but debunk several of the counter theories uh, and, 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 and explanations for what we are watching. Um, I, I, am, I am totally lost. Um, and at this point, just, if you want to hold your hearings, hold your hearings, say, I'm at the point I was with, with everything else. 
with Russian collusion, Mr. President, just um, declassify the, the, the FISA warrants. And if he had done that, we could have potentially avoided the Mueller probe altogether. Altogether, if he would have done that. If, if the next day after Mark Levin went on Fox News and said, hey, based on my own legal analysis of how this system works, I think the president was, was domestically spied on. If, if like the next day or any day after that until that infamous Lester Holt interview in May of that year, if the president had simply declassified the FISA warrants and applications, we could have avoided the entire two-year scam and hoax known as Russia collusion, as well as the Robert Mueller investigation. Depending on what's in there. Yeah. Meaning that maybe there was other stuff in there that would have been more sensitive in some other areas. We'll never know because they were never declassified. And, and he has threatened to declassify them several times and never has. I said the same thing to Democrats when, when Christy Blasey Ford came forth about this time a year ago. What did I say? You know what? Hold your hearings. Bring her up. Let her testify. Let's find a way. I don't think anybody wants to put a sexual predator on the Supreme Court for 30 years, right? Regardless of their persuasion. It ain't like Brett Kavanaugh is the only possible judge Donald Trump could nominate for that position. So if he's a creeper, let's find out and put her under oath. Well, we did. And other than the fact she could establish no concrete connection to Brett Kavanaugh on any level whatsoever. And then other women came forth to attempt... Uh, to verify her claims and their stories were even flimsier and were devastated by the left media's pushback. That's all we got out of that. So justice was served in that process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would just say the same thing here. Just just have your impeachment hearings and stop wasting our time, right? You know, just, just bring up the whistleblower, let him or her testify, let him or her be cross-examined, you know, let let... Let Republicans subpoena all these crowdfire people and see if they are the Fusion GPS. For those of you that don't know, Fusion GPS was the, was the organization that essentially was paid by the Democratic Party to come up with the, uh, the initial intel to, that, that launched the so-called Russia collusion hoax. There's more to it than that, but it's the simplest yep. explanation I can come up with, and I don't want to spend another three seconds of my life talking Russian collusion ever again. So I'm just going to go with that explanation, even if it's insufficient, because it's better than Hillary, okay? Um, just hold your hearings then, okay? And, and because here's what I find exhausting. And I, I don't know how many of you want the truth. I, I'm, and, and there's a portion of you that never wanted it. You just want to, you know, you, you want to be tucked in bed at night and told you that you, you, the guy wearing your jersey is always a victim and the refs always screwed you when you lost. But there is a, there's, a, there's an increasing portion I'm hearing from you that, that started out wanting the truth, but have just you've watched stuff like um, uh, Tom Brady is only successful because of a rise in white supremacy. Uh, you've watched um, uh, Aaron Calvin, I'm a victim of right-wing ideologues. You're right, because, you know, most of the people in, in the Iowa media that went after hard after the register on this were right wing. Actually, almost none of them were. We were actually late to that story, and we are we're the right wing ideologues in town. And we we got on that story after everybody else was pushing back on on that, right? And there's more and more of you that are looking at stories like that, and and um, you know, let's give kids puberty blocker drugs that six thousand adults have died from, taking them for their intended purpose 
All right, these drugs, one of the, I, I saw NBC News attempt to push back on this story over the weekend. Nobody's died from taking these puberty blocker drugs yet. Well, they have 6,000 people. If That wasn't the story. No one claimed that people were dying from taking puberty blocker drugs. For the, for the, that wasn't the story. The story was puberty blocker drugs, when used in the context they were actually approved by the FDA, have killed 6,000 people. That's a, you know, we had six people die in the vape thing. Literally, it was six, wasn't it? And, it, and by the way, if this is not another divine trolling, I don't know what is. All right. 70 so, times seven. Yes, that yes. Type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six people die. So we've got to ban vapes. 6,000 people have died taking these prostate cancer drugs for the intent that they were approved. By, am I, I have that right, correct, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. By FDA, and, 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 and not just in the U.S., but worldwide by FDA-like organizations in their own native countries. So I got a great idea. Here, yeah, I can't, in, fact, in fact, I'll guarantee you I won't come up with a better damn idea today. And the, and the day is not even half done yet. How about we take a drug that's killed 6,000 adults who have tried to take it with fully developed immunity systems. Let's take a drug that has killed 6,000 adults when they've tried to take it for its intended clinically approved purpose and instead let's give it to kids to use because they feel pretty because they feel pretty who for 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 a basis it was never approved for anybody got a better idea than that today no can you come up with a better one can we slap a tariff on it while we're at it that you know what you just came over the top well done slap a tariff on it right my good ideas are on friday so i can't help (laughs) yes it's not that's that's the story that, that, and that's just idiocy. And so more and more of you are looking at stories like that and saying, you know what, at this point, I don't care what the truth. I, wa- I started out wanting to know what the truth is, and now I feel like I don't have the luxury of that anymore because it's, it's the objective truth versus let me end you. And I just feel like I'm in self-defense mode right now. And I, I'm, I am sympathetic to that. On any given day, I'm, I feel that pull and tug at my own conscience you know, there, I've got a constant battle going on with, with some of this stuff. I still think on some level, particularly if, if, if I am going to claim a certain value system as the driving worldview that we do this show with, at some level, I am compelled by that worldview to seek out objective truth when it exists and, it's, and, and to seek and that whole seek and you shall find thing. I, I just don't know what it is. And does Nancy Pelosi say in that video she knew about this call all along? Yeah, so the, the real thing there with that Nancy Pelosi video is she's like, uh, yeah, Trump called me, but I already knew what was in the call. Oh, it was public domain. No, you've got your timeline mixed up there. So, yes, she says, I, I, I already knew what was in the call before Trump t- called me. You know, on one hand, I'm totally uncomfortable you know, I don't know what's America first about, can I get a foreign government to help me win an election? On the other hand, I don't understand why is it a big deal for a president to say, can you investigate corruption in your country, right? And a lot of this is information that really comes down to how do you view the person whose hands it is in, right? If you trust the person whose hands this is in, you'll look at it differently than if you don't. Hell, if you don't trust him, you just like the person whose hands that that information is in. I mean, if you if you had found out, you know, if, the, if we open up the National Archives and you found out someday in 1985, Ronald Reagan called some foreign government and said, "Hey, 
can you invest the corrupt investigate the corruption in your own country would we would be would we be losing our poop about that right mm, now no no or or pick somebody from the other side if you called up and you found out fdr who's kind of the democrat hero of the 20th century if he called if he found out in the national archives you know that he uh called up some foreign leader and said can you investigate the corruption in your own country would this be a national story no but a lot of things now are being interpreted by what do you think of the people holding that information and you and acting upon it and and more and the and the crowd in our audience is growing of folks who look at who is that um is that Paul Krugman who said yep. that mm-hmm. he was once considered like a serious thinker in America saying it's either Trump or thousands of journalists end up in prison camp. So first of all, if they're of the Aaron Calvin variety, I'm listening. Secondly, stay off the weed. Okay. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. And so more of you are looking at that stuff and you're saying, you know what, at this point, I don't believe I'm afforded the luxury of the truth because the, you know, do do I really trust the people who trotted Christy Blasey Ford and Julie Swetnick out there and, and trotted the, 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 the Fusion GPS report out there as a Russian collusion? Do I really trust those people to, get to, the, to really get to the bottom of this? And, and I, I understand that. And I wish I had some pithy pat answer. You know, we've got this thing that we, we try to live up to. You know, it says it right over here. Truth be told is what it says over my shoulder here. And, and I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I don't know in, in some of these areas, I, I don't know how to tell you the truth because I, I don't know if the truth is out there, Fox Mulder. I, I don't know if it's obtainable and I, I wouldn't know how to obtain it. That's why my answer in all these situations, Todd, is then just have a hearing and put people under oath and roll the camera. I don't know what else to do. And, and, and then let it see if their accusations and, and evidence holds up under the weight of that level of scrutiny. I don't know what else to say. All of that being said, I find it hilarious that the what, what crowd, what did you call it's that? Ca- crowd strike. Is crowd, it crowd, what did I call it? Crowd fire? fire. Yep. That's a whole other thing online. My bad. I'm sorry. Well, no, but okay. I, I love the fact that in order to explain what that was, you compared it to something that you also had to explain what that was, <laughs> yeah. which just points like... I well, not even knowing what the name right. of it actually was. Yes. I don't, I don't know on what level, other than sick of it, people really know the details of it. But what they do know, because they're going to see it, whether they like it or not, because they love their t- TV, I need, you haven't even commented on that. What do you... Th- Everything what you said, good, bad, or otherwise, what do you think about that Trump campaign commercial? There? It's a fan from yes. their from their narrative. Agreed. It's a fantastic commercial, and it's the kind of commercial I don't know any other Republican who would either be egotistical or ballsy enough, and maybe it's a little bit of both, to roll out with an ad like that. Because do you know how many consultants in the Republican Party, for no matter what amount of money you would offer them, would put that ad out? Zero. It's really small, microscopic. Okay, um, that is. That's a zero because it's a zero sum ad. It, it, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no way to come back from something like that. You're all in. It's, a, it's at an existential level. Yeah. See, see and that's we're going to find out truly. This is this is deep state on the left versus populist Trump. If he keeps going like that, and which one is more powerful? We're actually going to find out in real time. I just want to. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. 
If Trump keeps doing ads like that. I thought we had clarity on Kavanaugh. I thought we had clarity on the Mueller report. And then I thought we had clarity on the follow-ups to the Mueller report. Then I thought we had clarity on the Mueller hearing. Okay. And yet Elizabeth Warren is out there this this weekend tweeting, I believe Dr. Ford and it's uh, because of the men that appointed Brett Kavanaugh and Brett Kavanaugh himself should be impeached or something to to that effect. Right. Now, truth doesn't it's it's really it's one thing to not really know if, if truth is attainable. It's a whole other story if people don't even want the truth. Okay, those are distinct things. All right. So that's like a double whammy of suck of suckitude of one might even say terrible and for it's and it's for that reason that I just want to reset what our mantra was during the entire entire Russia collusion narrative uh, last year earlier this year last year year before that it's terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly mm. and as you pointed out at the, at the beginning of this conversation that maybe the Russian investigation or the Russian investigation could have been wrapped up a little bit sooner if the FISA warrants were uh, declassified by the, the the White House and I tend to believe it's probably 60 to 40 that that is actually a true notion but I think what we're seeing now is maybe is maybe evidence that that that's not quite as true as we thought because of what you just pointed out. When people don't want the truth and they're just going to believe what they want to believe anyway, and we, I think we all agreed last week uh, to some degree, to varying degrees, that the Democrats always wanted to go here towards sure. impeachment. Yep. I don't know what could have been done to, 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 speed up that, uh, to speed up that process. I'm not even confident right now that putting the whistleblower under oath would necessarily speed up this process either if it's just what the Democrats want to I, do. There's a lot of truth to that. And so yeah. I, I'm at a point now, again, I think that mantra that we had, terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly, that is how we have to look at this the whole time. We can analyze things on a case-by-case basis, and there's nothing wrong with that, seeing the, seeing the, um, the trying to discern the truth. But in this environment, that, that is just almost completely unattainable. And the only thing that rings true is that mantra. So, you know, we've given you incorrect information before. We've had our facts wrong before. Because we're human beings, but we, we try to not wantonly, you know, we don't sit around and, and conspiring with each other how to contrive wantonly deceiving you. So let me transition before we run out of time here to an area where there is, there is moral certainty. You need to go back and, and, and find all, we talked about this last week, that what happened with the Carson King story needs to be a trendsetter, not an outlier. And how do we do that? You need to make everybody you saw in your feeds, and this goes for us too, everybody you saw in your social media you know, feeds and things of that nature who don't necessarily agree with you on the issue, on, on, on issues, but were incensed at the treatment of Carson King who's just trying to raise money for sick kids, you need to make all of them see who Aaron Calvin really is in his own words. You need to make them see that. And they need to ask questions like, how this guy with this kind of a... The register says it does routine background checks on virtually everybody. It doesn't do it on their own staff. How do you ever get a job in the first place? Hey, so-and-so, I know you're not a right-wing ideologue like me. How do you feel about, how do you feel about getting lumped in with people like me by the likes of this guy? They need... To, this is this to me is actually more useful now in some respects long term than what, what the register did in overstepping its bounds in this particular story. 
because we can still lie to ourselves. This is an outlier. You know, normal media doesn't act like this. No, what Aaron Calvin is doing, and the fact that he ran to BuzzFeed to do it, yeah. that what Aaron Calvin is doing is he's, he's, he's tearing the Band-Aid off here. All right? The, all the prophylactic is gone now. There's no protection here. All right? He's, he is letting you into the actual culture and thought processes of America, of the vast majority of America's newsrooms. And you need to take that stuff and make sure that your friends and family members who don't agree with you on the issues but were liking your post about it's not fair how, what they're doing to this guy and they were posting that themselves, you need to go in their, their replies and share that stuff, share this article. You need to be posting on your stuff. You need to make sure that they, they, are, that they, have, they have seen what, what the cancer in these newsrooms really looks like. And don't be like a dog with a bone don't let them get away with acknowledging this until they do. All right? Make, make a, in fact, I, I, yeah, I saw it. I'm sick of it. Because that, to me, Todd, is a useful example of what we talk about on shows like this all the time. Oh, of course it is. Um, I hate to say it, but I uh, told you. Uh, and, and folks, if you really want a better newspaper than the flimsy one you're getting now, you have no choice but to do what Steve said. Yes. Yeah, they need to see what the origin of this was, that he is not an outlier. He's the gene pool. He's the progeny. Yep. He's their procreative act. Okay? We'll come back more in a moment. All right, back here on The Blaze, radio, TV, and podcast. Millions of Americans are struggling with chronic pain. Now, this is pain in the body, not necessarily as a result of, uh, you know, affliction, illness, or injury, but because of inflammation. Now, if you've got an illness or an injury, obviously, you need professional medical care. Hopefully, you're getting that. But, you know, your body was created to push back against inflammation, and that's what I love about Relief Factor. This is... A, this is a formula that was devised by physicians. So these are medical professionals that can prescribe drugs. And yet it's driven by four key all natural ingredients and it's 100% drug free. And so that tells me that they get it, that there is a time to use drugs to help the body. But we use them way too much uh, in our society. This is another area where we get addicted to drugs and that there are ways that we can help uh, to unleash the body's natural God-given ability to push back uh, and sustain itself. If you want to give Relief Factor a try, now before I came to work here at The Blaze, when I would just appear on on various shows as a guest, and I'd hear the host rave about this topic, I was like, is it really that good? I can tell you now. The answer is yes. Guys, when was the last time you heard me complain on a Monday about how sore I am following a leg day workout? When was the last time you heard that, Todd? It's been a long time. It's been a long Very time. Very long time. Aaron, can you remember the last time you heard that? Uh, I really can't. No. The actually. only thing that's changed, in fact, I actually dialed up my workout regimen a little bit in the last few months. So the, the only thing that's changed is the addition of Relief Factor to my daily regimen. If you want to try this to see if it works for you, here's how confident they are. They'll offer it to you for a dollar a day for three weeks. 20 bucks, it's called their starter kit to see if you start seeing positive results. And if you don't, hey, you're out a buck a day. What do you have to lose for that, right? But if we're right, 
this is something you're going to want to stick with, all right? Go to relieffactor.com. That's where you can get the starter kit, relieffactor.com. Well, one of the big stories uh, that uh, is making the rounds in the media right now, massive profile to, uh, on, in the New York Times Sunday edition on the scourge of child pornography, that it's even much more available, accessible, and shared than we even feared. And, and a lot of people think they're even just sharing run-of-the-mill pornography, not realizing that it's even dressed-up child porn. And, you know, we're, we've, we've seen some rare bipartisan alliances on this issue of human trafficking. We're going to talk about it right now with Jeff Rogers, CEO and co-founder of the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. And it's good to have you with us here today. Uh, Jeff, welcome to The Blaze. How are you? Thank you, Steve. Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Let's start with that New York Times story, Jeff. I'm sure you guys over there are aware of it. And your immediate takeaways from uh, some of the findings that they had that I think really blew the roof off of the scourge and epidemic of child pornography. Well, the first takeaway is we appreciate the coverage on it because we do identify and recognize pornography is the number one fueling factor to sex trafficking in America. And so this kind of coverage on the topic is so critically important. We actually just got a letter from an individual out of a prison in Austin, Texas, commending us on our work. And he's actually in prison there in Texas because of six counts of child pornography. And basically he just shared a letter with us telling us how he got addicted to it, the problem that it is, how prolific it is around the country, and just offering his ability to help in any way possible. So it's kind of time that this article came out as well so over the summer jeff my oldest daughter was uh she's involved in the uh performing arts community here in our hometown and she did an internship at one of the one of the uh at the youth program for the big community theater here in des moines and part of that internship is was to line up speakers for the youth that uh, take part in this program on various topics of social interests, you know, drug avoidance, you know, things of that nature. And one of the topics that she decided to, to, to tackle was human trafficking after doing some research on it, uh, just how clever and how calculated uh, this, this black market is. And she brought in a, an expert from our local community. And one of the things that, that this woman said is that they is that human traffickers will actually they have it's 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 not always you know the um the the Liam Neeson movie taken where his daughter gets involved in it with this like saw you know you know sinister underbelly of elites worldwide that is you know part of it but it but it's much more clever or, or subtle than that they'll they'll get young girls um and they'll 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 film them having uh sex with plants that they plant them it's a fake boyfriend or th- something of that nature and then they'll get them on camera and then they'll tell them we're going to share this with your parents and your church and everybody unless you agree to essentially be on call for us and and i i mean i was blown away at how intricate and calculated this this scourge is can you talk about that a little bit yeah and you you know what you nailed it because it's not the liam neeson type of approach in this in this country so the number one way that these traffickers are engaging young children across the country is really by engaging with young kids that have low self-esteem and so they call it a romeo trafficker or a romeo pimp they'll Mm -hmm. identify kids with low self-esteem they'll engage with them pretend to be a boyfriend tell them they love them. These, these kids haven't heard anybody really say they love them their entire life and they fall for it. And so these guys will groom them for six to nine months, maybe up to a year. 
And at some point, though, they'll flip a switch and say, okay, now you work for me. And I'll tell you what, as far as how how much of a problem this is in our society, I'll share this with you, Steve, which I think you'll find interesting. So about a year and a half ago, I participated in the first ever Department of Justice Human Trafficking Symposium they had up at DOJ headquarters in Washington, D.C. And just for effect, before I went on stage, backstage, I got on my phone, I got on Amazon, and I ordered a book from Amazon and it actually was prime so it was a friday so the book showed up at my house on sunday to teach me how to become a violent sex trafficker and exactly it's what you described this is the way that kids are being lured into this across the country and that's really one of the key takeaways i think people need to have is that this is an american problem most people when they learn about sex trafficking they think it's an overseas problem the truth is we estimate there are over 100,000 kids under the age of 18 that are trafficked for sex in America every single day. These are American kids being purchased by American citizens and being trafficked by American citizens. This is a scourge on Americans' children. Jeff, is is the elite sector's indulgence of this, like Jeffrey Epstein um, saga, for example, is that what is holding back, you know, an all-out war and effort to end this on on a on a more systemic level because because even though we you and I just discussed sort of that stereotypical sinister network of elites you know who uh, are you know looking for human chattel that you know they can uh, use for their own um, you know sexual deviation isn't typical of how this industry works as we saw with Jeffrey Epstein there is though that element to some degree. So do you think based on what your organization has found, the research you've done, the activism you've engaged in, that there is some hesitance, um, hesitation is actually the English word, I believe. Uh, there's some hesitation on, on a, on a, on a holistic level to truly attack this and root this out because this might have some pretty high profile collateral damage along the way. Well, there's no question that there is high profile people engaged in this, but we saw in a recent, just last week, there was a bust in Ohio across three co- counties in Ohio where they arrested over 100 people, 24 men who were engaging specifically for the purchase of sex with a child. One of those guys was a former youth director at a church. Another guy was a medical doctor. And so you're right that there are high profile people involved in this, but it's also people across all the different sectors of society. So it's men, it's women in every socioeconomic, every race that are purchasing sex. And so I wouldn't necessarily identify it as because the social elites are involved that it's not getting the attention to us. It's really a matter of education and getting people to understand that we need to focus on the demand. So sex trafficking is a supply answer to a demand problem. The reason we have this problem in America is because of the demand and recognizing that demand is across all of society. Like I said, every socioeconomic boundary, every every race, every class. And so it's training of law enforcement to engage in fighting the demand because what we recognize is that if we can cut off the demand, that's truly when we as a society are gonna make a major difference in this problem. So for parents, we're going to have a lot of parents watching today, right now, listening to this live or later today on a podcast. Give them some of the warning signs that, 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 it's, that their child may be a target here. And then how to, 
how to, you know, forewarned is forearmed, right? So how to, how to be pre- prepared so that this would not happen to their child? Well, the number one thing I would say to parents is love your kids. Show them unconditional love because the number one reason we see kids being lured into this is because they just have low self-esteems. They don't feel the kind of love that they need when they're growing up inside of their own home. So they look elsewhere for it. And again, these traffickers are very trained at how to go about doing that. And so as a parent, again, get engaged with your child, know where they're at on the weekends, check their phones. I mean, if you, if they have a cell phone and they're still living under your roof, you have every right to check that phone, which my wife and I do with our kids regularly. And so some of the warning signs would be children who come home with new things, whether they're coming home with jewelry or another cell phone, or they're skipping school, they're not showing up at school enough, the grades begin to fall off, they're really, really tired. So these are some of the warning signs the parents would have to recognize, okay, there's a problem here. And potentially that problem could be what we're talking about, potentially not, but those are some of the warning signs that parents should have and then begin to really dig in deeper and understand what's causing that with their children. Finally, Jeff, we also are going to have a pretty informed, active, politically engaged audience on a show like this too. What, where, what, what would you like to see them do to encourage their uh, their public uh, officials, um, you know, law enforcement in their community uh, to do more in this area? What would you encourage them to what? zero in on and say, hey, we need to be doing this? That's a great question. So at the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking, we scoured the country for a matter of years looking for some of the best, most promising practices at how you fight demand at a local level. And so we we found them and we pulled them together into what we call our Trafficking Free Zones program. And so with the Trafficking Free Zone, what this is, is a way that a local community, starting at the local government, with law enforcement, and across all the different sectors of society, how that community can come together and fight the demand at a local level. And so it really has to do with sphere of influence. So it's helping the county government to understand how they can begin to eradicate the demand for purchased sex within their sphere of influence. It's helping businesses understand the same thing. How do they eradicate the demand for purchased sex within their sphere of influence, which is their employees, and do the same with the churches. And so what we found was that the communities that are doing this the best are those that have every sector of society engaging in fighting that demand at the same time. That's when the bottom began to drop out of it. And so that's why we created this Trafficking Free Zone program is for local communities who now know they have a problem. This allows them to implement some of the most promising practices from across the entire country and knowing that when they do, they are going to begin to see a substantial demand decrease in their community. If you guys want to get a copy of that, here's their website, usiaht.org, usiaht.org, which stands for U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Again, usiaht.org. Jeff Rogers is the CEO and co-founder of the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Jeff, thanks for joining us here today and uh, shining more of a light uh, on on this topic. And uh, God bless the work you guys are doing over there. Okay? Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate the time. You bet. I'll get you guys' thoughts here on this conversation in just a moment. But, uh, you know, those annoying robocalls that you're getting right now, the ones that are claiming you're pre-approved for credit cards or, um, you know, uh, HELOCs or second mortgages, be very, very careful 
Often those are scammers trying to get your personal information. Now you might think, hey, even if I fall for it, I've got identity theft protection so they can't harm me or they can't steal your identity. Maybe they can't get a hold of your PayPal account or take out a credit card in your name. But what they do is once they get to hold, get a hold of that personal verifiable information, you know, the kind of stuff you use when you go online to do business to verify that you're you, they now do that with your home title because a lot of those are kept online. In fact, all of them are. Uh, pretty much nowadays, in databases that can be hacked. That's your mortgage information, your home title information. They go into these databases. They've got your personal info. They claim that you're you or that they're you, and then they sell your home to them or make it look like they did. And then they liquidate all of that equity, and they stick you with the payments and the foreclosure notices. If you don't want this to happen to you, it's called home title fraud. The feds are warning about this nationwide. It's one of the it's one of the get rich quick schemes going on in the criminal underworld right now because we've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, some of us do, in equity stored up in our home. Okay, so to avoid this happening to you, go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com. In fact, uh, they're offering you a 60 risk-free days of protection right now, today. 60 risk-free days of protection for your most important investment, your own home at HomeTitleLock.com. <clears throat> Pardon me. Todd, your thoughts on the conversation we just had? Well, I have a 15 and a 14-year-old daughter, and we've had some conversations lately because they're at the age and my boys are starting to uh, show them some attention. And this is one of the angles of the conversation I've had a had, not because I have any particular concerns about the particular very involved variables involved in, in my own daughter's life, but just helping them understand. And it's it's I think where you started this. Does, if you if you think this is all like a movie plot, you your guard will never be appropriately set up to deal with the actual realities of, of this thing. And so um, I I felt. I, 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 I've had this um, information about getting this guy on the show for three weeks, and for various reasons, the timing wasn't right. But also, this one, I, I get sick to my stomach mm -hmm. just pondering. That. I'm a father of four daughters, man, and the th the way we have to try. I, I, and I'm about to send them off into the world as you're just doing now. I, I I can't. I really can't tolerate the thought of them, you know, walking alone at night. It's, it's so the conversations you have to have right now to arm them, be a father, do not be afraid, prepare them for this world because there are dark demonic forces out there and we got to be honest about what they are. And you know, you do because, you know, let's say they think they're talking to a boy they like and maybe they show them a bra strap or they, they take their shirt off with their bra on a Snapchat or, you know, they they do some scantily clad dance on a what used to be called musically I think it's called TikTok now those sorts of things and what happens is they get a hold of that stuff and they threaten our kids with this and say hey we're gonna we're gonna share this spread this you don't want this stuff to get out and I I think that's where you just need to be really on guard as a parent just like you know you and I grew up in the 80s when Adam Walsh got kidnapped and Johnny Gosh got kidnapped mm -hmm. and you know that was kind of the end of the modern paperboy era kind of we were kind of grew up on the tail end of the era where it was okay for you and your friends just to go ride your bikes and see you mm -hmm. be home at six that kind of ended you know and you started paying attention when unmarked vans started driving through neighborhoods and stuff like mm -hmm. that well this is the new evolution of that now 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 you got to start paying attention uh, it's, it's not so much the unmarked van. It's the, it's the unmonitored uh, mobile device 
That's what you've got to start paying attention to as a parent nowadays. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, and I would say uh, the reality and kind of the enormity of sex trafficking as we've, as we've kind of understood it in the past uh, of somebody, you used the taken analogy, that really hit home oh, probably six or seven years ago to me where, where it was explained that the mall down the street from the college that I went to, that was one of the main epicenters of human trafficking, of sex trafficking. Um, it, at least in Minnesota, but in the United States as well. And that really hit home for me. I remember a couple of years ago hearing a report and uh, officers and, and uh, law enforcement saying, hey, during the state wrestling tournament here in Iowa, make sure you watch out for these signs because we've seen an uptick in this type of activity during wrestling tournaments. And that's where the, the, the cl- classic notion mm-hmm. um, of, of sex and in human trafficking kind of hit home for me. But this new version, and you appropriately went there right away off the bat uh, of this interview with Jeff Rogers, this is far more pervasive, pervasive in terms of there's a there's a chance of this every time you give your kids, your daughters, Mm -hmm. a smartphone Mm -hmm. and that and I love how also Jeff went to the main priority here and commenting this in your own home, love your kids. And then from there, make sure, like Todd said, step in, be a man, be the father when you need to be, which is all the time. All right. When we come back, hour two, it's our weekly, it's our Monday town hall. Your chance to give some relationship advice. We'll give you more details here in a moment. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. If you are listening today via the podcast, by the way, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from, the more of those we get, the more likely we are, courtesy of those uh, uh, beloved omniscient algorithms, to find more people like you, and then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this. So we're thankful for each and every one of the thousands of you that have done this for us uh, already. I think we're up to about 1,500 of those five-star reviews on, on iTunes alone. All right, so thank you very much. Please keep those coming. Uh, they really do help us out. 888-900-3393. The phone lines are going to be open this hour, and we're going to give you the specific topic here in a moment. But I'm going to give you a chance to do something people love to do. Although I don't think I've ever done it in the history of my career, as mediocre as it has been up until this point. And that is give you a chance to give out relationship advice, but not just any relationship advice. It's, it's particularly nuanced to what we do on this show every day. I'll tell you more in just a moment. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. So if you want to email uh, your relationship advice during this conversation, you're welcome to do that as well. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Swiss America. Did you know that the Bible has more verses that discuss money than even salvation? In fact, if you count them, 783 Bible verses reference money in some capacity. Yet so few of us understand just how unbiblical America's money system is. In today's debt-driven world, it's vital. It's vital, I should say. Not vital. It might be that too, except no one knows what that word means, okay? But it is vital to understand scriptural economic principles to become the best stewards of our savings. We should be mindful that 
um, defining wealth should be done by the the one who's responsible for giving it to us, not not as as the world does so. So just because our money says in God we trust does not make it trustworthy. It's all explained in a free report offered by our friends at Swiss America right now. What the Bible says about money, which includes a free companion audio CD, if you want to get this information and learn how our debt-based money system is playing a huge role in corrupting our nation from within, um, like a fiscal cancer. If you want to know more about this, 800-289-2646 is the number to Swiss America. That's one 800 289 2646. You can also visit the website, SwissAmerica.com. SwissAmerica.com. You can find out why our country, inspired by biblical values, originally linked its money to hard commodities like gold, specifically, or silver. And then the more and more progressive we became, we eventually untethered ourselves from that. So we can begin to print money for all of our welfare state schemes that are now threatening to bankrupt us. If you want to know how we got here and and how we can get back, and even more importantly, how you can protect your wealth and what you've earned in light of how left we've gone in this area. 800-289-2646. What the Bible says about money. It's a report in CD. It's free. You can also give it a shot at SwissAmerica.com. All right, I can think of no greater topic for three men on a show to host than relationship advice. (laughs) All right, it's like Delilah, but much worse. It's like it's like if Delilah had a theology Thursday, right? (laughs) We're going to take time out from heartwarming letters from veterans, you know, um, still serving over in Afghanistan, wishing. Merry Christmas to their family members. I want to give you guys my thoughts now for the next two hours on predestination and progressive sanctification. And then in hour three, we're going to go ahead and, and make a really awkward turn towards eschatology. Delilah, ding. Wouldn't that be, that, that would not be great radio. That checks out. Yeah. We're going to try it anyways, though. But we're going to do this anyway, right? So I want to share an email. I'm, I'm not, he gave his name. I, young man, <laughs> you know is. where I'm going That's with this, the show. right? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to do you a solid right now. All right. So I want to make sure our audience knows I'm not making this up. This is an actual email from a listener. I shared it with you guys, right? Yep, correct. And I was about to uh, personally address it to him, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a pro tip here. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> That's our first piece of relationship advice. Don't give your name. All right. So I'm I'm gonna spare you here, young man, and not use your name. All right. But I'm gonna share what you wrote. And I'm actually gonna leave out any specific reference to where you live, which, oh my friend, you've got you've got much to learn. He even he even puts in here his name and where they live, right? So when she finds out about it, he's like, he has no out whatsoever. No. Let us, who have made all of these mistakes years before you even made this one, let us help you with this. We're going to not use your name, sir, nor make any, nor, nor am I going to include in this sharing of this email any specific references to where you live, okay? Let me introduce you to a phrase. 
that everybody, every, you know, I was wrong. That's an obvious one. Okay. We, there's a few phrases, every man and Aaron, I know you would like to be married someday here. So this, I'm going to include you in this. There's a few phrases every man needs to know. Okay. Some of them we need to articulate verbally. If, if, if you want your marriage to survive. Okay. And that, and, and I was wrong is one of them, right? Have that one on speed dial in your brain. Okay. Here's another one. And this one, this one, don't verbalize this one. All right. In fact, any ladies that are tuned in right now, just, just maybe I'm going to give you a few seconds, turn away, turn the volume down, skip ahead about 30 seconds. Okay. This is, this is the, the dude code needs to step in here and with an intervention right now. Okay. Three, two, one. Plausible deniability. I repeat, plausible deniability. And by offering all these, these specifics, sir, you have left yourself no margin in this vital area. Todd, can I get a second on that? Yeah, the only thing missing is like your uh, zodiac sign. Other than that, yes. you gave us everything. You might as well send her picture along, all right? And said, you might, have, might as well have ended it with, can you call her out for me at the end? Don't do that. Again, gentlemen, plausible deniability. It's like if this was the game Clue, we knew you did it with the, the yes. candlestick in the billiard room, for yes. God's sakes. Yes. All right. So let, but, but those disclaimers aside, I think this is a, a, a worthwhile conversation. That's where we're going to have it. This unnamed gentleman writes, I'm in a serious relationship with my girlfriend. We're looking to get married within the next year. We agree on all the important things like faith, theology, family roles, and raising kids. I'm very involved in politics, and I'm a lover of history. My girlfriend grew up in what I would call a fairly conservative household, but went to public school in a liberal state all the way through college. Did I sufficiently yeah. secure his identity with that? Okay. She has some more nuanced views than I do. She's less cut and dry than I am. She's very intelligent, and what's most important to her is being a good example of Christ, and she wants everyone to feel loved. So far, you've just described a woman. Okay? Yeah. But I'll continue. Uh, she is reasoned and, ha and, a, and a has a propensity desire for the truth, but sometimes she can be taken in by emotional arguments. I'm going to take my own plausible deniability advice. I'm just going to move on to the next sentence and stop myself from saying what I was about to say. Uh, she is in your Christian suburban white women demographic that you guys talk about. She's not very political in nature. She has done some extensive mission trips around the world, which has given her a different perspective on things. And she's going to get some wisdom from that that you should pay attention to, by the way. Uh, so my question with this background is twofold. Number one, how important is it for us to agree on political issues in a marriage? And number two, how can I help educate her on issues without coming across like I'm talking down to her? I would not ever attempt to answer question number two would be my first piece of advice. <laughs> don't have question number two. Don't even contemplate it. If it gets into your mind, you know, erase it like you would if you, when you have those moments where you're like, I wonder if I can run this guy over right on the road and get away with it, right? Just, uh, you know, just when that question appears, don't entertain it. Um, um, no, 
would be my answer to question number two. No. No, not as in the answer is no. The question in and of itself is no. Todd, your thoughts on that? You know, if a, if, if a therapist said to you, you know, you really just, you got to open up, be more honest about your feelings, your lines of communication, come on, g- give me an idea of what you're thinking about, just because you're kind of holding back. And if you said, well, um, uh, I'd like to know how I can be better at educating you about your issues, the guy would say, no, actually, I was wrong. Talk less. It's not about yes. sharing your feelings. I totally stuff that deep inside. Like, never yes. let it out. Yes, yes, ladies, your love, your your um, ability to help him achieve sexual gratification, your attention and 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 affection is not going to change him. That never works, ever. Doesn't work. And guys, you aren't going to. Um, it doesn't work playing um uh, philosopher king to your wife okay these are common mistakes you know a lot of ladies are like no really if i spend the night with him again this time he'll be better in the morning todd does that ever work it never works it never works okay in fact it it's enabling more often than it works. And since it never works, it's usually just enabling, all right? And likewise, no, you are not, sir, going to play philosopher king. Your wife isn't just like, you know, I really just kind of want to sit down here on the living room floor and just listen to you for a while, pontificate. No, no. But the email continues. He says he's introduced her to our Allie Stuckey and her podcast because that's Allie's target demo with her podcast, right? Is yeah. that white women suburban demographic that, you know, is doesn't that is offended by Trump and so they're entertaining communism now, right? I mean, that's an oversimplification, mm. but that's essentially, you know, who Allie's uh, primary target audience is. He also mentions PragerU videos. He's encouraged her to search these things out on her own. Is there anything else I can do? This is the woman who will be raising my kids and helping to educate them day in and day out. And behind teaching them to love and worship God above all else, I want them to understand our history, values, how to think critically. Or is any of this worth it or important in the grand scheme of things? Any advice you guys have would be appreciative. So this is our town hall question this week at 888-933-93. How important do you think it is in a marriage that you guys agree politically? In total, in part, are there you know the, the issues that are the majoring in the minors, for example? Um, are, are, do, have you had this in your own in your own marriage where you've had to navigate this? And maybe one or the other of you has changed each other's views. Not necessarily because um, I'm here to change your mind. I'm your wife. I'm your husband. But just being exposed to their viewpoint and how they've carried it out. You've just sat there and watched and thought, you know what? Maybe you were kind of right about that. I've kind of learned from watching how you've kind of played this thing out a little bit. What advice do you have here for our young man who's about to get married? What life experience can you share? 800 I'm sorry, 888-900, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Now, Aaron is not yet married. Todd, you and I are. 
when I, I was not a believer when my wife and I got married, but I was heavily involved in conservative politics. I was in college Republicans, all kinds of stuff like that growing up. So Amy read, read, uh, went out and bought Rush Limbaugh's The Way Things Ought to Be in order to learn more, because she wasn't really politically inclined. She grew up in a generically Christian conservative home. Why do I say generically? Because her dad was active military her entire youth. And I mean, she grew up, uh, you know, she was born in Nuremberg, East Germany. She's a graduate of Fort Campbell, Kentucky High School. So, you know, her dad was 101st. And that whole thing about I'm a soldier, I take orders from whoever the commander in chief is. I may have opinions on politics, but I keep those to myself because I've, I've, when I, when I took the oath to take this commission in the military, I acknowledge that this service and commitment, you know, superseded my own political beliefs. And, you know, I have known, you know, her dad for 25 years now. And it's only been like, he's been retired since right before Amy and I met. And it's only been in the last few years where he's decades past retirement that he's actually started giving some of his thoughts on issues. I mean, he took this seriously well into his retirement. So my wife kind of was raised with, you know, you know, duty, honor, country, faith, you know, that kind of stuff. But it wasn't partisan activated because that wasn't an option in the home she grew up in. The service to the, to the country superseded all of that. So she really wasn't in on a lot of the, the particulars of the political system. And that was one of my great interests. When she decided she was interested in me, she wanted to learn more about my interests. And that was, you know, one of the things she did. You know, the other interest of mine, Michigan sports, you know, she grew up in a family of a lot of Michigan alums. Um, and so she, you know, a lot of their family occasions were getting together for Michigan sporting events. So that was nothing to her. I mean, she, she taught me some things where that was concerned, but on the political front, she didn't grow up in a political home because she grew up in a military one. So she got very interested in this to get, because she was interested in me. You know, as I got, as we got further into our marriage and politics became more of my full-time job, it wasn't when we first met the mailroom at Blue Cross Blue Shield was. As politics became my full-time job, um, you know, we started having kids and we were homeschooling. So she was somewhat involved, but that was her primary function. As the kids got older, we went into this 2016 cycle and we made the decision that she was going to be right there with me the entire time. You know, um, the kids were a little bit older now. They could stay home more, not to mention she's a great reader of human nature. And so, you know, all the candidates who called and, and, and wanted to meet with me, she went to every single one of those meetings. And then what happened is that process that we went through was so traumatic. We were, we got betrayed so many times, stabbed in the back so many times that it, and then it got dumb. Like, like it can be treacherous or dumb and you can live with it. You can't do treacherous and dumb. That'll wear you out. And so when it became treacherous and dumb, she was kind of like, you know what? I, I just, I can't in this era and what it is. I just, I, I, in fact, I want to go back to the rule you used to have when you didn't want to come home and talk about it because you needed to get away. Can we go back to that rule? So that's kind of where we're at as a home now. I, I don't bring it up unless she asks me about stuff going on. Um, so that's sort of where we are at and where we came from when it came to stuff like this in our marriage. What about you, Todd? Well, 
My uh, wife uh, was not uh, Catholic. Uh, she she is now. She became Catholic shortly after the birth of our second daughter, who is now uh, fourteen. She grew up uh, Lutheran, um, but um, uh, parents uh, uh, divorced, and that kind of drifted into just a, a sort of irrelevance uh, uh, to her. Uh, certainly not unbelief, but uh, she was very interested in an authentic way when we uh started dating and that should be the first thing if i can connect with the letter just on that level you know it, i don't know the level what your relationship is like beyond this letter but if you guys can talk about things uh there needs to be a ton of overlap but there does not need to be you know, you, you, you do not need to be exactly stamped out of the same primordial stuff. That just does not need. That's imp- quite mm-hmm. frankly, that's impossible. If you're, and that's why all along I, I had the exact same notion halfway through. Okay, you're describing a woman. You're describing a woman. So you're marrying a woman. That's good. In this stage, <laughs> that's uncertain. So let's not take yeah. that for granted. Right. Yes. And then all of a sudden, what more can I do? And that's where I went. Aaron Rodgers, like maybe just relax because you seem like you got. A keeper, uh, and all along the way, my my wife and I were vetting each other. Is this going to work? And I was just simply honest about uh, uh, that. I mean, I listen, I've, I fell in love with this woman, and I, I know all of the uh, things that the Bible talks about, and rightly so, about being unequally yoked. Um, and we just had the con- listen. Uh, I love you. I want to marry you. Uh, I I want to have children together. Uh, it, the I, those children need to be raised uh, as as Catholics. It, is that it's it's on the table? It, it it wasn't a threat. It was not an ultimatum. It's I mean you that girl you're talking about over there. You you need you can't need her to change. If you want to marry her, you cannot need something more than what she is right and now. And that goes the other way around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of, of course, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and it was she. It was it. Her addressing that was an adventure. It did. She was not. She was. She was totally in on the 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 deal. I use that term loosely. I don't mean it to seem legalistic, uh, uh, but not prepared to dive full in while learning about the church, going to mass with me every Sunday, but not quite ready to become a Catholic. It ultimately ended up happening by God's grace, uh, but there was a chance it didn't, and. When that happens, and the, the, when children see one thing from one uh, uh, parent and one thing from another, that's, a, I, that's um, that can be confusing. So, uh, but you you just need if you're having very real, authentic, non pressure filled conversations right now. I, I, I honestly don't think you you don't have too much to worry about as long as what the information you provided us is honest, and that's a conversation. I had. That's the conversation we continue to have. Steve, just let you in on that. Our our marriage has gone back and forth depending on the political environment and the job I've had as any uh, one time uh, as well. Do you? Do we want to talk about this now? Do I I I'm like Steve. I can compartmentalize. I even when I'm passionate about it, then I go into the next thing, put it down. Um, because she's a gal, that doesn't always go so well depending on the given day. So you got to respect that. But I I, I it seems. Uh, based on the information you provided with your soon-to-be wife, I, I, I'm not sure that you have anything to worry about unless there's something that you weren't quite prepared to put in there. Yeah, I, there's a lot of wisdom there, but especially the part that 
if you're if, if you need someone to change to marry them, don't marry them. Exactly. That doesn't mean there's not an expectation that they will that both of you. Oh, you will, will not, change. You will You'll not change. change, grow, mature, improve, etc. But if at, you know if the basic template is not something that you know when when the when the when the honeymoon is over, you can envision yourself eight months from now or a year from now getting up and uh, and sharing a life with. Then you know don't go through with it. Right. right, absolutely. All right, Aaron, you have any thoughts? And this is the unmarried guy yet. Before we go to the phones, uh, yes, uh, yes, I do. And this will uh, this will take uh, a, a little while. Um, the girl that I'm I'm dating, uh, Bella, and we are we careful. are careful, plausible. <laughs> no, Say it with me. I'm not plausible I'm, deniability. I'm not talking about anything okay. personally. I'm just praising her. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, all right. That's that's all. Yeah. Uh, she she is a wonderful wonderful girl. And the, 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 the approach that I've taken, um, and I think she with me, is primarily politics were never really on the, uh, on the table as some sort of, I need to see where she's at with this. All of the time, especially at the very beginning, I've been looking at her and trying to see, does she love Jesus? That's my, because of my faith and my convictions, that's my first that's my first instinct, and it's not some sort of hippy dippy. Yes, Jesus is my girl or boyfriend type of thing. Um, I'm looking. Does she love Jesus, and is that borne out by the fruit in her life and the character that she displays? And character is how you act when nobody or when you think nobody is is watching. And she has displayed that. And my thing is, if if we get these things right, I don't expect her to be um, a Mrs. G.K. Chesterton all of the time. What I, what I have for a standard is that she does love Jesus, and she displays that, and she does, and she has displayed that. What we're really talking about here, I believe, with this conversation is what I've talked about in contexts like this before as well, Not, and I've kind of related it to, to other contexts that we've discussed this, standards versus expectations. Is what this individual who emailed us talking about is that really a standard or is it an expectation? And this is where the mud, the waters can get kind of muddied, because a standard is uh, she needs to she needs to love Jesus and have high character. An expectation is how that looks borne out. Hmm. Now, if some girl somewhere dating a guy and the guy is conservative, politically conservative, uh, theologically orthodox, things like that, the girl goes to church, says she loves Jesus. Um, shows that love in feeding the poor, orphans, things like that. But then she's totally down to clown with uh, something like abortion, something like that. Is, is that really, do you really think that that's going to be an indication uh, that her faith, that standard that you have, her love for Jesus, is that truly authentic? That would be something that gives me for, for some, uh, some cause for pause. That's an extreme example. But at the end of the day, this conversation is really coming down to is her character is her faith is that authentic if it is don't have expectation i would really caution you for expectations on how that plays out look for the first things look for the fruit of first things in this priority be very careful with expectations that's something that me and bella have have talked about from the get-go in our relationship and the fact of the matter is we both have expectations, not for ourselves, but of human nature in the future and how we do expect to change, but not of uh, when I come home at night, I want you to have a hot meal ready for me. Or, you know, when I'm, uh, 
when I'm getting ready to fall asleep at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, you know, he needs to be there for me to, uh, you know, talk about the in-laws, uh, you know, right, right as he's drifting off into slumberland. Those types of things. You get what I'm saying. Be very careful with expectations. Be very rigid with your standards, but only for good things that are really the most important things, whether or not you're on the same page with your faith, with your worldview, and then the secondary and tertiary things like are we on the same page with family, and I could go on and on. But those are the things that I've been looking at. And uh, um, really, thankfully, uh, Bella, my girlfriend, is an amazing person, and we've been able to talk honestly and openly about all these things. And I just dominated the conversation for three minutes, so I'll, I'll stop talking now. Well, you've had a chance, our undisclosed for your own protection, trust us, uh, emailer. You've heard from two guys who are already married and have been navigating this for a couple of decades, or a, a couple of decades for me. How long have you guys been married? It hasn't been 20 years yet, has it? No, it's going to be uh, 17, 18. So, decade and a half. And then you've heard from a peer who's navigating some of these same issues in real time. All right. We're going to let you hear from the audience. And I, 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 it's a good thing right away. I can see there are several ladies on the, on the line to give us the other side of that conversation here in just a moment. Before we go there, though, Real Estate Agents I Trust was started by Glenn Beck and some of his friends because they kept running into real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the desired and promised results when they were needed to the most. Right now, you've got uh, a booming economy. You've got plunging mortgage rates. You know what that means. Now's a good time, particularly as uh, the, the you know early fall, winter is almost here. You might be more, if you, especially if you're a buyer, might be a time that a seller's like, you know what, I got to get out of this place before winter gets here. Before you go down this road, though, of taking advantage of favorable market conditions, make sure you've got a real estate agent that you can trust. Somebody whose record of success has been fully vetted and is proven. Someone who understands that a marketing plan has to be more than another open house. Someone who knows what the phrase professional courtesy means. So if you're, if those, those are the ingredients, the three key ingredients for a real estate agent you can trust. And you don't get listed at realestateagentsitrust.com unless you are fully vetted in all three of those areas. That's what makes this different from your average referral service, which is really about often in most other places about helping agents find clients. This is about helping you the client, find an agent worthy of having you for a client. If you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust, it's as simple as go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we're up against the break. When we come back, I'm going to turn this totally over though to the audience. Do you have some advice from our would-be husband, how do you navigate political differences in a marriage? 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. It'll be your turn in our Monday Town Hall to help dish out some relationship advice when we return. Hey, if you're wondering why you're struggling to reach your weight loss goals, it, it could be that you know your body was made to crave and conserve calories. It's only been a, a recent development uh, in human history that food was considered convenient and accessible for the masses. 
up until maybe 100 years ago, that was only true for the 1%. And so that's why your body craves and conserves calories. And when you ignore that for so long, it's a little bit like trying to work out when you've been sedentary for a long time. That muscle memory is just not there anymore and you got to start from essentially scratch. Same thing goes when you've just been ignoring uh, your portion sizes and cravings for so long. And then suddenly you're like, okay, let's do something about this. Thankfully, there is a molecule that goes from the belly uh, to the brain. It's called OEA. And all it does is just tell the brain when the belly is full. But it's a little bit like when you've ignored a stoplight for so long. Okay. They got to kind of put a brighter bulb in there to get your attention. And that's kind of where, uh, where you're at with your OEA. And that's where Riduzone comes in. That's all Riduzone is. That's why it's FDA accepted. That's why it's vegan friendly, gluten free, because there aren't a lot, there are none, no additives, preservatives, uh, no chemicals, uh, no stimulants, no caffeine. All it is, is just OEA just to help you get your body to do what it was made to do and help you control your portion sizes and cravings. If you want to give it a shot, you can get 30% off a three-month supply right now when you use my name, Steve, as a promo code. 30% off a three-month supply right now when you use promo code Steve at riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Let's go to the phones. Do you have some relationship advice? How do you navigate Political differences in a marriage. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's start with Christina in Florida. Welcome to the show, Christina. What are your thoughts? Hello. First of all, I have to say, thanks, guys. You are wonderful every single day. Todd, you are an amazing man. Stay right on it with your wife. You're right on track in the secret mind of a woman. Also, I want to go to Aaron. Aaron? You stay right where you are, right right in the direction you're going, buddy. Because what I was going to say, as a woman, you're both Christian. You know, as long as you're Christians or what have you. Me, what respect I gave my husband the day that he started praying with us and reading the Word with us. And it wasn't, because we're both preacher's kids, and it wasn't some just ritual. It was an honest, honest thing to protect our family and for it to be our family, for it to be, you know, closer to God and closer to us. He got my respect. I knew he had my back. And so he didn't have to do any of the philosophy things to try to get me to look at a certain political direction or anything because we were on the same page spiritually that was the key and that's so when it was clear that he was when it was clear he was handling his own business christina absolutely that's okay that so he had to take the initiative in his own life first that's what you noticed okay that's great advice. Yes, that, Thanks that's the- what I noticed. You know, and I noticed, well, there's a lot more, but, you know, at Preacher's Daughter, I'm Preacher's Daughter, so, I, you know, I don't have to say any more to you. Yeah. That's my Twitter handle, yeah. and you know who it is. So, anyway. Yeah. So I, will let, I will stop with that to let other people speak, and uh, just good, good job, guys. Lots Thank you, Christina. What she just said... And, I, and hopefully the fact, this is something we talk about a lot as guys to other guys. Hopefully to hear a woman say this just gives it all the more reinforcement, all right? If, if you want, and I don't care what age you are, or if you're not married yet, or you've been married for 30 years, if, if you want to be seen and respected 
as the leader of your home. You first have to be seen and respected as someone who takes seriously in his own life what it, what, whatever it is you're calling others to aspire to. I, I talked last week. That doesn't mean perfection. It means consistency. You're, you're human. You're going to blow it. You know, but but you can't be like, here I am blowing it out in the not open and caring, not caring. And oh, why aren't you listening to this when I'm trying to get you to do blank? Won't work that way. You know, you, know, you want to add anything to what Christina said? No, I think it echoes what I said. The reason why we could have such honest conversations is because my, my, my wife was craving that level of consistency and stability. And uh, again, uh, through the blessings of the Holy Spirit, I had, was, I had arrived at that point in my life where I was capable of that. So absolutely. Sarah in South Carolina, welcome to the Blaze. Sarah, what advice do you have for our young emailer about to get married on navigating any political differences in a marriage? I think that he needs to decide what his deal breakers actually are, because mm. if his deal breaker is that she doesn't, you know, she may not vote the same way he does. And that really is a deal breaker Then he needs to be honest. Otherwise he's signing himself up for a fight all the time. And if honestly, his second question, and I know you said it was a no, which I agree with you about, you know, how can I instruct her in my ways? That's really concerning to me because like Todd said, if you're going into it thinking I need to change this person, where else is he thinking that in terms of their relationship as well? Like, what other viewpoints does she have that he thinks he needs to teach her his ways? You know, um, mm-hmm. if that's like how you're going into it, I, I can see that being a, just a, a pro, just a problem. You know, because it's just not that's kind of a contentious situation. And from I think your original question, Steve, was like what our personal experience was with that. And my husband and I are aligned. Um, I don't think we're lockstep, but we're very well aligned in our politics, I would say, because of the deal breaker of abortion um, initially. And then as it, he, he's always been very passionate about politics. And I was never super passionate, but now I'm passionate enough that I listen to your program every day, right? So I'm yes. listening to a couple of people every day. And so I'm more informed. And, and the more we just see the absolute insanity that's, that is just the lies of the media and everything that's happening, we can't imagine not being on the same page because it's like we're looking at two different realities otherwise, you know? Um, yeah. And that yeah. kind of plays out in a lot of different areas for us. Um, so we, that was just important to my husband. And it, again, it wasn't like a hot button issue necessarily for me when we first got married, but it has become more important now. And we're just really grateful to be on the same page because we can have these open conversations. Um, he can share with me what he's learning and vice versa. And it's just another area of unity that I find I'm just so passionate about that in marriage anyway. So that's just kind of my thing. Like if there's a, if there is a glaring disunity in that relationship, that is a deal breaker for this guy that he needs to be honest and really consider, does it need to be a deal breaker? And, um, Hmm. and if it does, then, then he might need to make a different choice. That's some really good counsel as well, Sarah. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. In fact, I think you could take what Sarah and Christina said and put it together. A few years ago, it was interesting to me. My wife came to me and said, before an election, who are we voting for? And I was like really taken aback, you know? Um, And at first I took it as, I, I was like, yeah, I know, you know, we don't want our lives consumed by politics. And so we have some boundaries in our home, but you know, you're not, you're not informed at all. 
And then after we got into we got into an argument about this, she said, you know, it's not that I'm not informed at all. I just really trust and respect your perspective on this as I've watched what you've done with your career. And so why would I assume I know more about this than you? You work full time here. You know, I mean, I would, I mean, and so I was arguing with her while she was actually attempting to give me a compliment along the lines of what Christina was talking about, which is she had, she had seen me try to navigate. Should I sell out here? Am I going to look the other way here? And after watching up close and personal, the level of diligence I put into this, she was like, you know, I, I really respect the work you put into this and the integrity that you come to this process with. And so why, why would I seek another opinion when I've got a pretty expert one, you know, I'm sleeping next to a pretty expert opinion every single night. Not to mention, she's like, if we can't agree on who should be the next president of the United States, I mean, that's not a trite or not. That's not a, or governor of a state. That's not a trite issue. You know, I mean, those people are making life decisions that impact our kids. Yeah, and I would think if, if we would should be of one mind on that. Now, I don't know that you have to take it quite to that level, but I bring that up in light of what Sarah just said to our emailer, whose name I will not mention for his own protection, that are you pushing some things too far in the direction that you want them to go, right? Like one of the things he mentioned in his email, email is he's really passionate about U.S. history. It, I mean, if... if if, 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 this, if this woman you're about to marry wants to share with your kids 1619 Project articles from the New York Times, I think we would all agree that could be a deal breaker, right? You know, I mean, I mean, I don't, why, why do I want to help, why do I want to procreate, you know, objects of, brain, of brainwashing? You know what I'm saying? Right. But if she thinks Thomas Jefferson had sex with Sally Hemming and had a baby, and may not, and, and you know what I'm saying? If she's got a more nuanced view of American history and it's not as rosy as yours, you know, you're not necessarily reading off of the, um, you know, the Team America. She's not reading off the, she loves the country, but isn't, doesn't necessarily think that uh, these guys are lionized. And I think that's a different situation where, you know, does that make some sense? Yeah. Or maybe that's an area where you need to let off the accelerator a little bit. Well, you mentioned that nuanced word, mm-hmm. which his words he brought up. Sure. Listen, I don't. We can't know for sure if this is what he's talking about. But one of the most obvious real life examples that this could turn into is that he's black and white. So he's black and white, and if I don't like Trump, uh, he's a problem. But uh, I'm not voting for that, and we got to stave off the or so, the other way around. Or, I'm, or yep. but but I could see it. He's I could see him going, dude. And yep. also, I'm a guy. He's a guy. He's craving. I get it. But I'm not as I'm not as viscerally bugged. I'm voting for Trump. She's the listen. Yeah. I get it. I, I get I, all of that. I get it, honey, but he gives me the creeps. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I can totally see that being the real-life example that may be behind this. And honestly, if, if that's all this is, you, you can't care. Now, what if she takes it the next step, though, and says, that's why I can't vote for this guy? And she said, but I am going to go in there and vote for someone who believes that um, 
we should force people with our belief system to engage in activities that God says is wrong. Oh, so I'm going to vote for them instead. Right? That's more than one next step. That's as you say, space bar, space bar. I mean, that's that's a totally different conversation. Agreed. So, that. so is she in this? Or, Beth, or is if she, I'm just, is it's she, time to vote for a woman, no matter what she stands for. Yeah. Or what, yeah. So th- that really comes down to: Are we in this Beth Moore no man's land, which is what you described, right? Or are we now going to? And that's why I I picked up this new book from Jim Wallace. And even and Christians should mm-hmm. should should vote strictly Democrat and be socialist. Is, right, right, okay. Because now we're not in a nuanced position. Now. No, no, no. Now we are in the other position. Heretical position. Yes. 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 Uh, let's go to Samantha out in Colorado. Samantha, first of all, that name needs to be used more. So, uh, I love that name. It's kind of it's kind of a lost art. But welcome to the show. What do you think? Thanks. Um, well, my husband and I have been married for. Uh, 12, 13 years, and um, he is a Democrat, and I am conservative, and mm-hmm. we've made it. We've made it work by, you know, our our core values are the same. Um, we're Christians, and we we agree to raise our children that way. Um, and there is some, you know, give and take. Um, I think on the on some of the major issues, he does lean towards uh, the Christian view on things rather than a democratic view on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like our big issues, we can we can kind of come to an agreement on, you know. Um, but there's there's definitely things we avoid we don't sit together and watch uh cable news uh, because that might be good that might know, be good for almost every married couple regardless of what their politics happens to be but go ahead <laughs> yeah i mean because and and really we look at each other more as people that we love instead of because i understand that wolf blitzer doesn't represent my husband you know, mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't represent my husband, and uh, he's no snowflake. You know, he was in the military. He fought for our country. Um, mm-hmm. He's raising our boys to be hunters, you know, and he understands that, you know, Hannity doesn't represent me, and mm. Lindsey Graham doesn't represent me, you know. Um, so, yeah, we have arguments, but... Um, our core beliefs are the same. So I think if um, your emailer knows that, you know, she loves Jesus, she can commit to raising their children that way, it'll work. I mean, we're not going to get divorced over an argument over the wall. We're not, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, we can agree on the most important things. You know, and sometimes, and and there's things that we disagree on, but it's it's never a deal breaker. You know, so curious, Samantha, were my... you guys always were you guys always kind of politically divergent before you got married, or did this evolve the longer you guys were married together? No, uh, I really I got married young, and I really didn't care. It wasn't on my radar. That wasn't mm-hmm. even anything I thought about when we got married. Um, I just, I knew that he loved God and that we wanted to raise our kids in a Christian church. Um, it wasn't until the Obama election that I started paying attention because I just thought 
eh, I don't, I don't like this. And then we started having conversations and I was like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. And he was the mm-hmm. same way, like, oh, you think this? And it was like, oh, I, we're pretty different. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And sometimes it's hard because we love, there's shows we love to watch. And it's, it's hard for me, for him too, because one of the shows we loved watching was Madam Secretary. And this last oh, yeah. season, I was just like, oh, yeah. you know what? This is climate change propaganda. It's not even a fun yep. television show to watch anymore. They should just yep. call it, you know, Madam Climate Change. Yeah, uh, and now know? even he, and now even he's like, if he's like, now he's probably like, this just sucks all the entertainment value out of this because it's pretty clear what the objective. He's a military guy, so he recognizes propaganda when he sees it. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, and okay. he's, you know, it's annoying for him because he's like, well, why do you have to find the agenda in everything we watch? Can't it just be a story? And it's like, well, yeah. It's always funny. They always ask that when it's their agenda. Have you noticed that? Nobody nobody ever says when it's not their agenda, why do you keep finding the agenda that I like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Great call, Samantha. Really appreciate it. I think living in Colorado probably helps a little bit too. It's like the classic purple state in America. It is literally a 50-50 state all the way across. And so you're, you cannot go, you know, there's, you know, you have conservative enclaves there, like, you know, uh, Colorado Springs and more liberal places like, you know, the Boulder campus, but you, it's really hard to go very far in Colorado and not run into somebody with a different viewpoint than you, you know? And so on some level, you, you cannot live there if you're not willing to accommodate some level of difference because it is one of the last remaining truly 50, 50 States left in the country. All right, gentlemen, we got about two minutes. You have any final thoughts? On this conversation, well, I really appreciated her honesty. Uh, I, I think that call can give you hope, but I think it's also not something to just blindly grab onto and then take for granted your own personal right. circumstances. Th- th- it, There's a reason I asked her if yeah. she was political going in, and she was not. And so they had, you know, almost yeah. a decade of 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 water under the bridge, goodwill, a relationship built before she started having divergent political opinions. And so, so there was a buffer there to kind of stop mm-hmm. from that becoming divisive. And so there, when politics is an application of the rest of your life and you got a ton of Ven Oberlam diagram, you're going to be okay. But mm-hmm. these days, uh, politics is faith. And therefore, if it's like this, then that's, it's never, their example right here is is not for you because it in no way relates to the passion and the prejudices you put into all things political. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, and I would just echo uh, what I what I said earlier as well. Make sure the priorities are are in there with your relationship. Make sure the first things stay first things. If you're the leader as this emailer, if you're going to be the leader or the one responsible for that for that relationship, make sure you're keeping first things first. And uh, as some of the other callers said as well, that is that is the faith. Uh, first and making sure you're on the same page worldview wise and then as another caller said just if if you do have positions versus convictions uh, make sure you hash those out in your own mind before applying them to your future spouse we're going to stick around do a little overtime for our blaze tv subscribers talk about hillary clinton saying donald trump is obsessed with her and why she's right just not for the reason she thinks for the rest of you we'll see it again tomorrow noon to eastern right after glenn beck until then john 317 This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.